0: Forks and spoons, knives and other cutlery. I'm your host Christina.
1: And I'm Tori.
0: And this is episode 15 of Cullin' the Shots, the podcast where we reminisce on the good old Twilight Days. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have another icebreaker quiz for all of you guys today. This one isn't actually like Pertaining to a specific book. I think it's just like the Twilight series in general. It's a BuzzFeed quiz, which is titled, I Bet You Can't Get Nine Out of Ten on This Twilight Two Truths and a Lie Quiz, to which I would say, We're going to find out. (laughs) Do you want to read the first statement? Selection? (laughs) It's not a question.
1: All right. It says, Click on the lie. Bella cooked dinner for Charlie almost every night. Bella fainted at the sight of blood. Or Bella used apple shampoo. I'm very confused because I thought all of those things were true. Bella used Did she apple use strawberry
0: shampoo? shampoo. Did she use apple I thought,
1: shampoo? I don't know. Maybe it was strawberry or something like that. He's in the first book. They mention it, but I can't remember. But I know she definitely faints at the sight of blood, and I know she definitely cooked dinner for Charlie. So I'm gonna go for apple shampoo.
0: Me too. I also like the photos that they chose for these options. They don't really have much to do with the question except for maybe the Bella and Charlie one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so. Oh, yep, that's Are- correct.
1: Yep, Bella is still remembered for her signature strawberry shampoo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. now I
0: remember. Okay, so it says, In biology, Edward's strange behavior made Bella wonder if she smells bad. She sniffed her hair, but all she noticed was her usual strawberry shampoo. It
1: was like strawberry. What an offensive scent or something like
0: that. Sometimes I forget like the movie and the book. Like I have a problem separating the two. So I was like, I remember that in the movie. But for some reason, I couldn't remember it in the book. Okay, next selection click on the lie edward's middle name was andrew edward went on a murderous rampage for a while and targeted villains or edward composed the piano lullaby for bella
1: well it ain't andrew (laughs) His middle name ain't andrew i don't know what it is but it ain't andrew (laughs) anthony
0: anthony Oh, our favorite vampire was born Edward Anthony Mason Jr. Once Carlisle turned him, Edward took the last name of Cullen.
1: What if he just kept the Mason Jr. and just added Cullen? And he was just Edward Anthony Mason Jr. Cullen?
0: I mean, I feel like that wouldn't really make much of a difference. That just sounds like a European name with a lot of a lot of bits and bobs.
1: On to the next one. Click on the lie. Carlisle voted again into a vampire lived with the Voltori for two decades or Carlisle had a slight English accent it's the English accent one right but I feel like he should have one right
0: wait Carlisle voted against Bella turning into a
1: vampire I think so because isn't he just like whatever Edward wants I want and Edward's like hell no why did I think that he said yes because I swear he said something
0: like we already think that you're part of the family so it's yes
1: I don't know maybe go for it let's see
0: okay let's see who's right all right what's that one?
1: Oh, i guess he did you're correct
0: when bella put her transition to a family vote carlisle supported her he even offered to be the one to do it
1: oh yeah but why did i think he like was like if edward's fine with it i am but if he's not eh.
0: i mean that makes sense i just like honestly i don't remember much about Carlisle's backstory, like where he originated from? I guess it is England. All I remember from his backstory is that he swam to France, meaning he's not originally from France. France. so it's not like a french accent that he has i guess an english accent france. makes sense carlisle swam to france i like how that's just like our own ongoing joke like it's not actually a joke and honestly if you look at the the grand scheme of things it's not that funny but i don't know but he swam to france. but carlisle swam to france so like what do you want me to say about it all right next one click on the lie rosalie wanted to be bella's maid of honor As a human, Rosalie was attacked by her fiancé and his friends, or Rosalie met Emmett while he was being mauled by a bear.
1: (laughs) Can you imagine if Rosalie wanted to be Bella's maid of honor? (laughs) That would be be.
0: Oh, and there's another bit about Rosalie that we kind of read about in this section of the book, which I will talk about when we get there, but the answer should be the first one. Yep, Rosalie thought that Bella was making a mistake. Before Bella's wedding, she and Rosalie had a heart-to-heart. Rosalie shared her traumatic reasoning behind her desire for Bella to give up on being a vampire in favor of just remaining human. And then we have the ever-so-beautiful Rosalie <laughs> doing Bella's hair. <laughs> what a queen! Okay, next.
1: Alright, click on the lie. Jacob ratted on Bella for riding a motorcycle. Jacob made the first move on Bella. Or Jacob has two older sisters. What? What?
0: Are they not all true?
1: I thought they were.
0: I thought they were all true. Jacob has two older sisters, right?
1: Maybe it's the Jacob made the first move on Bella. Because he didn't make a move. He assaulted her.
0: Ooh. I was like, it's definitely not the first one because he did rap Bella out for riding a motorcycle. I guess it's the middle one. Jacob made the first right, move we'll on Bella. One. Let's see. Yep, Bella made the first move. When Bella tried to get information about the cold ones out of Jacob, she flirted with him a bit. So was it any wonder he fell for his beautiful childhood friend?
1: I didn't know that counted. I know. How did that? All she did was talk to him. I said, I mean, we were still right, but like, I didn't know that counted. <laughs> <laughs> Next.
0: Next. It's uh, click on the lie. As a human, Jasper fought in the Civil War. Jasper became closer to Bella at her 18th birthday
1: party. I mean,
0: in some ways, yeah. Or Jasper was covered with scars from vampire bites.
1: That man did not become closer with Bella at her 18th birthday party.
0: I'm sure he wanted to, but for other reasons.
1: <laughs> honestly
0: i also like all the various hairstyles that he has going on here what the heck is the what's the third look what the heck's the third one
1: <laughs> now
0: why does his hair look like that he, his hair look much better either in the first one or in the second one what the heck all right uh so it's definitely the middle one jasper became closer to bella at her 18th birthday party it says correct Jasper nearly killed Bella at her 18th birthday party. When Bella got a paper cut, Jasper was overcome by bloodlust and tried to attack her. In New Moon, he was the newest cullen to vegetarianism and struggled the most with control.
1: They say new vampire like he just turned like a week and a half ago. (laughs) Sir, you have time. I'm
0: like, dude, you ain't no newborn.
1: (laughs) If Rosalie can control herself, you can too, sir. Click on the lie. Alice stole a Ferrari when she and Bella were in Italy. As a human, Alice was sent to an asylum. Or Alice dropped a vase when she had a vision of the Volturi coming. I guess the vase. I guess I the vase that. too.
0: I mean, she was sent to an asylum as a human.
1: And she did steal. No, she didn't. She stole a Porsche. Ah!
0: <gasps> she dropped a vase.
1: Porsche 911 Turbo.
0: She dropped a vase though.
1: This may be in the Breaking Dawn movie because her hair is short. So I'm assuming that we just haven't gotten to this part yet. Oh. But yeah, Alice stole a Porsche, not a Ferrari.
0: I like how we were so gung-ho on the one. And then after reevaluating, it's like, oh no, that's
1: a true I know. <laughs> I was like, wait, why doesn't that sound right? Because it's a Porsche 911 turbo in yellow with black leather interior.
0: You'll never
1: catch Alice with a Ferrari. you <laughs> better than that.
0: She's better than that. <laughs> yep. She stole a yellow Porsche 911 Turbo. When Alice and Bella arrived in Italy, Alice committed Grand Theft Auto to reach Edward in time to prevent him from revealing his sparkling skin. She enjoyed the Porsche so much that she asked Edward to purchase one for her as a gift.
1: What a badass.
0: Next. Click on the lie. May. I, I almost said one of the alternative words for Renesmee. I that all
1: the time. So if it happens, just, all right, what are we, what are we talking about? Rootin' tootin'. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I looked at the word Renesmee and my brain almost said some random word. I'm like, what did rectangle do?
1: <laughs> All right, Robin <laughs> Robotizing.
0: All right, Rasengan, what you got for me? <laughs> <laughs> we aren't even at that part yet. I'm already losing my mind over Renesmee. Okay, click on the lie. Renesmee broke Bella's ribs during the pregnancy. Renesmee had a faster heartbeat than normal. Or Renesmee reads minds like her father. I'm going to be honest, I don't, I don't know. really know.
1: <laughs> I'm going to, I think it's the Reed Minds one.
0: I think so too, because I know for sure during Bella's pregnancy with her, she really like beat the shit out of her internally. Um, I also know that Renesmee, I don't know, I think it makes sense for her to have a faster heartbeat because of the fact that like this baby is half human, half not human. So maybe it's the Reed Minds. I don't even remember Renesmee's power, to be quite honest.
1: Me either. We'll get there.
0: Okay, we'll say that third option. Correct. Renesmee could communicate via touch. Unlike her father who read people's minds, Renesmee offered her own thoughts and emotions to others as long as she was touching them. What does that even mean?
1: I would hate that power. So like if I just walk up to you and I like put my hand on your forehead, you can like see everything I've ever seen. I hate that. I
0: hate that too. So
1: it's like Arrow's power, but like reversed. He can touch you and see what you have seen, but the rhinoceros <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of a word. It's like when I slur? I don't think that came out of my mouth, right? The rhinoceros. <laughs> the rhinoceros. Because <laughs> at first I was thinking of a dinosaur. The rhombus. <laughs> yeah, the rhombus. Uh, just is arrow in reverse.
0: Well, I mean, we haven't gone to that part yet, but I'm sure we will read more about it when we get to that later section of the book.
1: All right. Robert Pattinson sang a song for the Twilight soundtrack. Kristen Stewart suggested Iron and Wine for the Twilight soundtrack. Or Stephanie Meyer suggested Kings of Leon for the Twilight soundtrack. I'm going to say the Stephanie Meyer one because I know Robert Pattinson and Iron and Wine are on the soundtrack.
0: Oh. of
1: Leon? I oh.
0: I mean, I know for sure it wasn't the Robert Pattinson one because he did sing a song for the Twilight soundtrack.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say the Stephanie Meyer one. I don't know. Yeah, Stephanie Meyer suggested Muse, not Kings of Leon.
0: Oh. Any hard remembers that Stephanie Meyer included playlists for each book of the Twilight Saga. Every playlist featured a Muse song. She was overjoyed that Muse made it onto the Twilight soundtrack.
1: The, like, dedication to this book, I think, is, like, dedicated to Muse, actually. Yeah, I
0: think it is, too. Yep, and
1: thanks to my favorite band, the very aptly named muse for providing a saga's worth of inspiration
0: thanks muse Muse.
1: Super massive black hole
0: and then i'll put a little bit of that music in here (laughs) all right next click on the lie bella always wanted a cat bella muttered edward's name in her sleep or weathering heights was bella's favorite book
1: i feel like it's the cat one
0: i'm pretty sure it's the cat one? one correct Bella always wanted a dog. In eclipse, Jacob leaned against Bella in wolf form and she stayed and she started petting him. She revealed that she always wanted a dog, but her mother, Renee, was unfortunately allergic. I got nine out of ten. I got nine out of ten too. Woo it says you scored better than 95% of all other quiz takers. You're a total Twihard. You're the ultimate Twilight fan. I bet you've read the books and seen the movies multiple times. You'd definitely be an asset in a fight against the Voltori. I don't know about that last part. No. I also don't really know about that middle part.
1: <laughs> Considering I don't think I ever finished the Breaking Dawn book actually no
0: and i had i didn't finish i didn't watch all the movies technically because i didn't watch the very last one so look at us go (laughs) okay so that does it for our icebreaker quiz did we learn something from it maybe
1: i learned that bella wanted a dog
0: i did too and that you would never catch alice in a ferrari So now we're going to our summary. For this episode, we have started reading the Breaking Dawn book, which is the fourth installment, I guess, fourth and final installment of the Twilight series. Um, This book is a lot bigger than the rest of them. So actually, instead of cutting this book summary into thirds like we had with the other books, we're doing this one in fourths. So this is the first of four sections that we're going to be reading and summarizing for you guys. Woo! Um, usually we start with initial feelings. So I guess what were your initial feelings rereading Breaking Dawn, Tori?
1: I was a little irritated. We'll get to exactly why in <laughs> a minute. Literally. I,
0: I feel like I know exactly <laughs> exactly which parts would make you yeah, irritated.
1: That's pretty much it. I felt a little irritated and I didn't feel much else. I was mm-hmm. like, okay. <laughs> what about
0: you? I so oddly enough I did despite me reading this book kind of in a rush because I've just been busy I did take my time reading it and especially when I had to reread it to write down my summary there were certain parts of it where I also was feeling very like irritated and just like annoyed mostly for Edward's sake. (laughs) (laughs) Which we will get to once we get to that part of the summary. But yeah, I was like, yo, this is is crazy. And it puts a lot into a different perspective because of the fact that, again, we were reading this as adults. Whereas when we first read these books, we were like, what, 11, 12, 13 years old. Not quite sure what all of these things mean. And we understand it a little bit better now. But yeah, so I will get into the summary. So chapter one is titled Engage. And we start off with Bella pumping gas at the gas station. She's in her usual self-conscious state, worrying about people noticing her engagement ring, but they're actually more interested in her shiny new black Mercedes. What? so as part of their marriage deal Bella told Edward that he could buy her a new car once her old truck needed to be retired to her dismay that ended up being a lot sooner than she expected so now she has a new Mercedes Edward ended up buying her a car model that wasn't even available in the US yet Um, a car that was claiming to be so indestructible that Bella couldn't possibly injure herself in it and he'd reasoned that while Bella was still fragile and human she would need a quote before car which is the Mercedes and then once she turned into a vampire. He would give her a quote after car, which I'm assuming would be one that's just like perfect for somebody who has a need for speed, or I don't know, one that matches the luxurious lifestyle that the Cullens seem to live. So on her drive home, she spots a few missing person flyers. This triggers a unpleasant feeling for Bella because the flyers feature Jacob on them. Jacob Black, who, if you remember, at the end of Eclipse turned into his wool form and then kind of just ran off and he hadn't returned home after some time had passed so charlie was the one who actually pushed for this flyer missing person search billy bella and everyone in lapush kind of knew that jacob wouldn't be easily found in his human form so they didn't really see a need for putting up flyers also billy was like nah we don't gotta put these in lapush he reasoned that jacob of was at that age where he could take care of himself already and that he would come home when he's ready but then we come back to bella who typically calls seth clearwater for updates on jacob even though the answers are usually the same seth saying he's in i don't know some random location and then he's like sorry bella jacob's not coming home seth is one of the few wolf pack members that openly communicates with Bella and he also ended up growing really fond and became friendly with Edward too. It's assumed that this all began after their little joint battle against Victoria and Riley. So there's that. And then Seth tells Bella that he, his mom, Sue, and Billy would be attending the Cullen wedding. So that's cool. Uh, This prompts the memory of when Bella and Edward told Charlie that they were engaged. In summary, Charlie expected it, but he also assumed that it was because Bella had gotten pregnant, which she wasn't. He lost his cool for a moment, regrouped before telling Bella that, you know, it's okay and all, but she's kind of on her own when it comes to telling her mom, Renee. And then Renee, with her shortcomings and really strong stance on the concept of marriage, actually wasn't that surprised either. And then Bella, not really sure how to deal with how her mom calmly responded when she expected the absolute worst felt a little foolish for being so guarded about like this whole marriage thing and so wedding arrangements continued under Alice and some help from Esme uh fittings resumed and then Bella tried to forget it all by imagining Edward and herself in their figurative happy place And that's what happens in the first chapter. (laughs) Any notes?
1: I don't have a ton of notes for this chapter. Just I think it's so weird that Renee just all of a sudden is like letting up on Bella and Edward. She's saying that, oh, the marriage wasn't, you know, the right thing for me, young, but you're so different. But like just the book before she was judging her for being so dedicated to him.
0: Mm -hmm. I also think it's I mean this isn't new Belle has always been like very self-conscious about herself but she's like people are gonna notice the engagement ring and I'm like they're going to notice your shiny black new Mercedes that you're driving in this small town, not your engagement, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, she's like, everybody's staring at me because I'm a teenager and I'm engaged. Like, no, because your car is worth more than people there probably make.
0: <laughs> I'm like, you're literally driving a new European car that hasn't even been released in the U.S. And these car fanatics only notice it because they're car fanatics. Also, I omitted the part where there were these, I guess, two guys at the gas station who asked if they could take pictures with her car, which I think is funny. Um, But yeah, so that happened too. (laughs) I don't know if it's funny or it just shows how much Bella doesn't care, but she doesn't even know like the type of car that she has because the guys were like, what kind of car is that? And she's like, Uh, black Mercedes. (laughs) They're like, no, but like what kind?
1: (laughs) They're like, yeah, duh, we know it's a Mercedes. (laughs) This is completely random, but I cannot stop thinking about it. Bella says she's been trying to avoid going out in public because she's embarrassed by her new car. And she says, I was going without a lot of things these days like Pop-Tarts and shoelaces to avoid spending time in public. Are shoelaces something that she buys regularly? (laughs) Like, why is she going without shoelaces? Does she throw her shoelaces out every few weeks and now she just hasn't re-upped on her shoelaces? I cannot stop thinking about this. I
0: don't know. Also, the Pop-Tarts thing. In what world does Bella seem like the type to eat Pop-Tarts for breakfast regularly?
1: (laughs) I know. Like, she'll whip up a lasagna or fried chicken no problem but all of a sudden she's going out with pop tarts and shoelaces what does that mean is that a euphemism for something that i'm missing i
0: don't know is this like brand is this product placement like what's going on
1: what if it was stephanie meyer has a product placement deal with pop tarts what does this mean she's going without shoelaces like hey is girl is this a euphemism you- <laughs> I literally said I feel like I'm missing something like hmm, I wonder there-
0: if I type that into Google what will happen
1: I immediately thought of that like Tumblr phrase you remember to like find out if people were on Tumblr you'd be like I like your shoelaces and if they say thanks I stole them for from the president oh uh, like, yeah yeah yeah
0: YouTube. I know what you're talking about I
1: wonder if this was like a little like shoelaces haha. Because this was around the time Tumblr was popping, wasn't it? Yeah. Stephanie Meyer, were you on Tumblr?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's possible. I typed in Pop-Tarts and shoelaces and nothing came up. Or at least nothing of value really came up. So I don't know. Maybe it is an inside joke that we don't really understand.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. The only other thing I was thinking is that they keep calling Edward's hair bronze. And I do not understand why they kept referring to him as a redhead in the Brie Tanner novel. Mm-hmm. Because I was very confused for very long. And I'm just glad that they're back to calling him bronze haired and not a redhead.
0: (laughs) But that's it. Okay, so now we are at chapter two, which is titled Long Night. So Bella and Edward spent their last night together pre-marriage at the Swan House before Edward needed to leave for his bachelor party outing with Emmett and Jasper. Edward asks Bella if she's having any second thoughts about the vampire transformation. Just the concept of being frozen in time at the age of 18 and not being able to see her parents or human friends for some time. Edward still continues to ask her if she's going to be okay with giving up some of her human experiences like the ability to carry a child which is something that Esme and especially Rosalie regret post vampire transformation and then he goes on about stealing her future and Bella reminds him that he's her future before being interrupted by the Cullen brothers who are trying to fetch Edward for their little outing (laughs) so the three of them head out and Bella begins to think about her last moments as Isabella Swan before taking on the Cullen surname she starts to overthink about the Denali clan um who are attending the wedding as well since they are considered to be distant relatives with the cullens she worries if it's going to be okay for the Denalis and the quill guests to occupy the same space and also that she's a little bit intimidated by the Denali girls because they had previously tried to pursue Edward romantically to which Edward said nah babe you don't got to worry about them <laughs> Sometime before, Carlisle had explained the Denali's backstory and said how their creator was like a mother figure to the girls before being executed by the Voltori because their creator had turned a child into a vampire, one that could not be tamed or trained and thus wreaked havoc, which was a part of a precedent to get rid of vampire children due to their risk of exposing themselves to the human world. Is this foreshadowing? Dun dun dun. Nah. <laughs> So these immortal children would become taboo, something that should not be brought up in conversation. And in Bella's memory of the story, she would slowly fall asleep and it would turn into a dream which featured a vampire child who had drained the bodies of those that Bella loved, including her parents. Ooh. And uh, yeah, that's what happens in chapter two. I don't have any notes for it. It's pretty straightforward what happens.
1: Yeah, it is. I think it's messed up that they like explain in this chapter that... The Denali girls didn't come help, you know, fight with the Collins because they still had that grudge over killing Laurent, the wolves killing Laurent. I think that's so messed up. I would not have even invited them to the wedding. I would have been like, you traitors, like, just found this random guy and decided you were going to be more loyal to him than your extended family. Okay, then don't come to the wedding.
0: Mm -hmm. And and it's also like it wasn't guaranteed that the Cullen family would even survive.
1: Yeah, like that's so fake i literally wrote fake in my book
0: (laughs) fake whoever gets your breaking dawn book is gonna be like what
1: (laughs) i know like this boy just comes around and all of a sudden these girls are like never mind we'd rather just avenge him
0: (laughs) there's another part in i guess the little history lesson that carlisle shares with bella where the only reason that the denali girls weren't also executed along with their vampire mother creator um was because the creator kind of hit the fact that she had this vampire child i don't really know how she did it but uh yeah so arrow was feeling i guess charitable that day and decided not to kill them because when he read their minds he realized that the girls didn't know anything about this vampire child and thus wasn't really at fault with the vampire child situation so that's why they didn't die then and i love arrow cool cool
1: Like, Arrow's supposed to be a villain, but I love him. He's
0: a, <laughs> He's a good villain, It's <laughs> He
1: really is. Um, the only other thing I have is that Bella and Edward are just now discussing the sacrifice of, like, not having children the night before their wedding. Why was that not something that was brought up previously? And Bella's like, Rosalie and Esme get by just fine. No, they don't. They're torn apart about it. She's like, if it's a problem later, we can just adopt like Esme did. Why did you not discuss this beforehand? You're literally getting married in like eight hours, ma'am.
0: And also she knows that Rosalie isn't over it. Like she, Rosalie is trying to stop Bella from turning into a vampire because she's like, don't make the same quote mistake that I did, even though Rosalie didn't really have a choice. And then of course, like Esme's way of dealing it with it, with being a vampire, and not being able to produce children was the fact that she had to adopt. That was the only other option. Like she-
1: What part of Esme approaching Bella and being like, oh did edward tell you i jumped off a cliff because my baby died yeah oh my like, god what part of that makes you think that woman's okay but other than that i don't have anything for this chapter my favorite thing is that we go yeah it's
0: fine and
1: then like when we
0: actually dive into it we're like wait actually it's not fine no it's not I guess one more thing. I still can't get over the fact that Bella and Edward just spent so much time together while Charlie's in the other room. That is really weird. That's like messing around while your roommate is still in the other room. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I'll ever fully get over that part. But yeah, that was just the last bit that I wanted to add in there. So now we have chapter three, which is titled Long Day. And Bella wakes up from her immortal child nightmare disoriented, which is... Kind of normal for her. Um, She begins getting ready for the wedding by cleaning the house and nagging her dad. And then Alice stops by to pick her up and reminds her that the suitcases are packed and the plane flights are all ready for tonight's honeymoon, which is apparently happening after the wedding reception. So that's cool. (laughs) Uh, Alice and Rosalie begin preparing Bella for the occasion and then Renee drops in with Charlie to gift Bella with two pretty sapphire hair combs that once belonged to Grandma Swan, which was something old and something blue in order to fit with the traditional wedding saying. I think it says like something old, something new, something
1: borrowed something
0: blue. Yeah, something borrowed, something blue, Um, which I actually had to look up because I wasn't 100% familiar with that, but I was like, oh, that's like killing two birds with one stone, I guess. Anyway, with Angela's father, Mr. Weber, acting as the ceremony's minister, the wedding vows ending on as long as we both shall live instead of till death do us part and then a very tearful I do Bella and Edward were finally married. Yay! Basically how the chapter ends. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and they have a really awkward Passionate kiss in front of everybody, uh huh. People are like clearing their throats and like shuffling around in their seats because, like, he has to pull Bella off of him. Somebody that's so worried about what people are gonna think, she like just
0: doesn't care sometimes. (laughs) She gets carried away a lot, which I know doesn't it still keeps going and never stops.
1: I think it's hilarious that Bella is like scoffing at Alice when Alice is saying that Edward wants to do the wedding in the most traditional way, and Bella's like. "Ah, there's nothing traditional about this, but you're literally two young white virgins who are marrying in their teens. (laughs) And this book was written by a Mormon woman. That's the literal definition of traditional. Like, what are you talking about?
0: They followed all (laughs) the traditional, traditional like protocols too. like the saying (laughs) there was rice, which we're going to get to a little bit later. Yeah. There was rice. They leave for their honeymoon immediately after like, All the traditions are there.
1: Yeah, they don't have sex until they get married. Like, it's the most traditional thing I can think of.
0: Mm -hmm. At least that's what we hear. (laughs) The only note that I had, I said specifically that I wish Bella would, like, love herself a little more. Especially on her wedding day, because that's literally a day partially dedicated to her. Because, like... Even on her wedding day, she's still self-deprecating. And I'm like, this is so exhausting.
1: You're beautiful, Bella. Yeah, she doesn't even look in the mirror before she goes out. Like, I could never.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, that was the only note. I'm like, Bella, please, I just want you to love yourself a little more, especially on a day like today. Honestly. Your wedding day.
1: And the last thing I have is just this quote that Bella thinks it's about Rosalie. Mm-hmm. She was so beautiful, it made me want to cry. Why is that us with Rosalie? Honestly, us every week when we talk about Rosalie. In my book, I wrote, very gay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, so that chapter was pretty straightforward. It was mostly just the wedding ceremony. And then we get to chapter four, which is titled Gesture. So the reception party begins immediately after the wedding ceremony. And Bella would be spending this time greeting all of her guests. Soon after would be the first dance and then the dances with their parents Um, and then Bella would also end up dancing with other guests before Edward steps in to tell her that he had a special surprise present for her. Ooh, I wonder what or who it is. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder. Turns out the gift was Jacob who had returned specifically to be there for Bella. Sam was there in the shadows supervising just in case Jacob lost control and then Edward leaves the Two alone so that they can catch up. Jacob kind of fills her in with all of the running <laughs> that he'd been doing uh, while he was away. And then Bella accidentally spills that she and Edward are going to have a quote real honeymoon. And by that, it's assumed that she means the two of them are gonna have sex while they're on their honeymoon. And then you can guess how Jacob reacted, which was not well. Um, so he predictably loses his shit, and then Sam, Seth, and Edward all have to step in to stop him and separate both Bella and Jacob. Bella blames that good moment, which had gone bad on herself. And then knowing that she still had a party to be present for, Bella took a few moments to kind of lock the Jacob situation in a little box. And then she went back to the reception. And then when the party finished up, Bella and Edward left to catch their flight for the honeymoon. Bella said goodbye to her parents knowing that this would be one of the last times she'd get to see them. All the guests throw rice grains on the couple and then they make their way to the car. Uh, Note that the car is decorated with like ribbons that are attached to new high-heeled shoes and then um, we talked about like the wedding traditions and then the rice throwing is like of that and then edward hits the accelerator whenever they get to the highway and bella hears a howl in the distance on their way to the airport and that's how chapter four
1: ends i was losing it at the shoes tied to the back <laughs> of the car. i was like i've never heard of that in my entire life like cans on the back i of was gonna car. say isn't
0: it usually cans
1: <laughs> i guess it comes from it's it was a thing back in edward's day to throw shoes at newlyweds cars Uh, what and if it hits the car it's good luck but now that would get you a lawsuit so they just tie them onto the back of a car
0: uh I'm assuming the rice grains have to deal with like prosperity or or something like that but yeah I so I read that car uh the shoes on the car line the first time and it didn't register to me how weird that was until I read it the second time and I was like wait that's weird also the fact that they are new shoes or at least that's what Bella assumes (laughs) I was like, what? So typically Alice, but also why is this part of the tradition?
1: Yeah, another weird thing they did was leave like in the middle of their reception. Mm -hmm. It it didn't even seem like the party had died down. Like they were yanking them away from the party to go catch their flight. Is that like normal?
0: I don't know. I, I guess that's a thing. Oh, my I think I had two notes. So I said one, how did Edward eat the wedding cake? Because they did the traditional ceremony or the traditional wedding whatever thing where the two, the couple cut the cake and then they like feed it to each other. And then Bella like notes or describes how Edward like eats the cake. But I'm like, how? He like doesn't eat food. (laughs)
1: Isn't there another point in like earlier books where he eats something to prove that he can? He just doesn't need to. Mm -hmm. But then, like, what happens with it? Where does that's what I mean?
0: I was like, so like, where did the cake go? Like, was he in pain when he swallowed the cake?
1: Do vampires poop?
0: I don't know. Do they use the bathroom?
1: Well, they have bathrooms. Alice has her own bathroom, so maybe Stephanie Meyer explained.
0: Especially when all they do is drink blood. So, like, how does the body? I don't know. I have a lot of questions about like how the vampire body structure works um but i don't even think we're ever gonna get answers for that (laughs) and this isn't even like this is just me commenting i said anytime jacob's involved the vibes are always off and i also said literally what is it what is his business asking bella what they're gonna do because
1: bella and edward are married like it's like not in your business it really is none of his business
0: yeah i always automatically get annoyed when jacob's involved
1: yeah why does he think that Bella having sex with a werewolf is going to be any safer than her having sex with a vampire. Why is Jacob there in the first place?
0: I I don't fucking know.
1: Imagine your husband's like, hey, I got a surprise for you. And it's just Jacob Black. Also, Bella,
0: Bella being like, wow, now everyone I love is here. And I'm like, oh, I just still don't understand why you still deal with Jacob he's like I know horrible he's a horrible person
1: yeah he like is asking her for a dance and she's like you can have as many dances as you want it's your wedding night ma'am go to your (laughs) husband um just a random note I absolutely love Seth he's the sweetest thing ever like he puts himself in the way of danger to like try to stop Jacob but he knows that if Jacob fucking explodes who knows what's gonna happen to him Mm -hmm. but And he just like loves Edward and he appreciates Alice earlier in the book. He's talking about how he knows something. I can't remember exactly what it is, but Bella's like, Oh, you're a psychic. He's like, well, I'm no Alice. (laughs) Like, yeah, give her credit. I love him. I think he's the sweetest thing. Seth
0: is like this precious baby boy.
1: Seth is like everything Jacob could have been if he wasn't like a major douche lord.
0: <laughs> if he wasn't a douche canoe. We could have huh? had a better book if Jacob wasn't such a big douche canoe. <laughs> so if that's it for chapter four, then we move on to chapter five, which is titled Isle Esme. Um. All right. So in Isle Esme, somewhere east of Brazil is this island called Isle Esme which is a small island that Carlisle gifted Esme and then Esme allowed Bella and Edward to use it for their honeymoon when the two get off of the plane in Rio they head for the docks and Edward would navigate via boat to their final destination uh, which is this like tiny island with a big ass house on it near the beach so Edward carries Bella and their luggage to the house the two of them were seemingly very nervous and once they stepped inside Bella would find that the Cullens owned yet another large house with large windows and white decor and then edward asks bella if she wants to go for a midnight swim and then leaves her so that she can kind of recompose herself for uh some time with her human minutes (laughs) because that's what bella does best um since alice was the only person who packed bella's bags the only things that were really in there were like lace and satiny outfits, uh, meaning that there were no sweats or old t-shirts for Bella to wear. And then with all this added pressure, Bella realizes that she's actually not ready to have sex with Edward. Wow. Surprise. Surprise that they didn't really talk about this. And honestly, Edward wasn't quite ready for this either. But regardless, Bella stepped into the sand wading through the water until she was in Edward's arms. And it's assumed that they had sex at some point in that Little exchange. Um, and then Bella wakes up the next morning in a state of bliss. Edward doesn't look at her though, but he still held her. And at first, she doesn't understand why Edward seems to be upset that morning until she begins to feel it. She wasn't quite sure why she was covered in feathers. And then once she shook some of the feathers off, they revealed multiple bruises all throughout her body. And then Bella, being a little bit of a masochist, didn't mind the pain and bruising. And she really struggled to let Edward know that she was okay while he he really sulks for physically harming her so then the two get into a little disagreement over it and then edward ends the chapter by saying or more like vowing that they wouldn't have sex again until she became a vampire so that he wouldn't hurt her like that and that's how that chapter ends
1: do you have any notes about this chapter
0: um the only thing i said is that the pillow feather scene always gets me like when i re- reread it again i remember the first time i read it and i started like the the line where she says why am i color- covered in feathers <laughs> I thought it was really funny. Um. I
1: put a pillow. Um, all of my notes are just kind of random little things. I think it's weird that Bella's like, I don't understand how anybody could have sex with someone without being fully committed to them. Like, that's so weird. Like, okay, Stephanie Meyer, throw your purity culture shit in there. I love it. That's the only actual like thing I have. I just have some uh, little comments like, Edward cradles Bella in one arm while carrying all of their bags in the other. No matter how strong he is, how can he balance a hu- a whole human body in his one arm? How does that work?
0: I don't know. Part of me feels like Bella had to like monkey hold herself onto him.
1: Yeah, but it says he cradled her. So I'm thinking like holding her yeah. like, you know, like a baby, mm-hmm. but with one arm. How does he do that? Like a server carrying a tray of drinks on their forearms. Yeah, <laughs> like- Another thing I was thinking was, I think it's so hilarious that Edward was having the like birds and bees talk with his dad. He's 108 years old and he's like going to his dad, like, what's sex gonna be like, dad? He goes to his brothers too. They're like, dude, it's awesome. <laughs> I think the part
0: that gets me, though, is that the way that it's written in the book, without even saying the words that both of them were nervous, you could, like, feel how awkward and nervous they were, which made me feel awkward reading it. I'm like, oh. It's, like, a very forced romantic situation. But none of them, both of them were kind of... It's almost like they didn't need to have that in order for them to have sex. Like, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, that was the only, I guess, other other thing that I would have for that section. But other than that, yeah, they had sex that one time, and then Bella ends up being incredibly
1: bruised. I know. The one and only other thing I have is um, when Bella's walking out onto the beach to go be with Edward, she's talking about how white her skin looks in the moonlight, Mm -hmm. and how white his skin looks in the moonlight, and she says, white on white. We matched for once. What?
0: I'm like, did you guys not match before?
1: (laughs) I know. First off, you're white, Bella. Do you know (laughs) that? Also, you're pale enough to Basically, be the same shade as him. What do you mean you finally match? Mm-hmm. That's it. I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. White on white, we finally we matched. Finally oh.
0: matched. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. All right, so now we are at chapter six, which is titled Distractions. So the next few days of the honeymoon, the two of them would go swimming and snorkeling and hiking and climbing, which in Bella's mind were all attempts to keep Bella from bringing up the topic of sex again. Plus, all the activities and the heavy meals exhausted Bella enough that one evening, she couldn't even get to her bed after dinner and she ended up falling asleep drooped over her plate. So yeah, Edward just like would find ways to tie her out so that... Bella wouldn't force him to have sex again. They ended up having to sleep in a different room in the Isle Esme house because the white room that they were previously in was still covered in feathers. And even in her sleepy state, Bella tries to cut herself a deal with Edward. The deal was to extend her humanhood for a few more months in exchange for sex. And this ended up frustrating edward a lot mostly because bella was starting to go back on her word about being a vampire even though she'd always been so adamant about it and um yeah it was simply because she was really horny and like incredibly like i think he explained it like hormonal and acting really human they talk about like bella's i guess sleeping schedule and how she's been sleeping a lot and then bella tells edward about her voltori hunting dreams except for she omits the part where there was a baby vampire involved she just kind of like leaves it out because she's like no i don't want to add this part in there uh and then in the middle of the night bella wakes up in tears (laughs) because she had a good dream which she realized hadn't actually been real so then edward tries asking her like you know what's wrong why are you crying and stuff like that and um When he asks Bella how, I guess, how he can make it better, Bella decides that she's going to show him and then ends up coaxing him into having sex again. And initially, it was really a struggle, Edward just trying to get her to stop, and then Bella crying more so desperately, and eventually he gave in and they had sex again. And then when Bella woke up the next morning... Um, Edward didn't hold her, which was a sign that she had done something wrong. And when Edward finally asked her again what was the dream about, she had explained that it was better to show him, which is what happened the night before. So basically, Bella has a good sex dream, wakes up in tears over it, Edward asks her what's wrong, and then they have sex to I guess replicate whatever she was dreaming that night. Bella didn't acquire any new bruises, and all the pow- pillows were accounted for, which I guess is great, except for the bed frame was ruined, um, as was her nightgown. And after taking a quick inventory of the room Edward would take Bella down to breakfast and would note that she had been eating a lot of eggs lately foreshadowing (laughs) (laughs) um so Edward tries to wrap his head over the fact that he could have saved Bella's future if he played the sex card with her and the two talked a little bit about college living before being interrupted by the cleaning staff. The two people who were cleaning the house were a man and a woman but the woman seemed to be very superstitious and very concerned for Bella. Bella and Edward would then resign to watch a movie that morning and after lunch Edward would ask her if she wanted to swim with the dolphins that afternoon but then Bella responds saying that she'd rather burn calories doing something else. Edward catches wind of what that something else meant and then and he whisks her away to the bedroom. And that's how chapter six goes.
1: I don't really have a ton of notes. Bella describes the lady that came to clean the house as coffee skinned. And I hate that.
0: Did she? I missed that. I saw the part. Yeah. I read the part where she said that they were like very dark compared to Edward.
1: Yeah. She says they're very dark and that she's coffee skinned. Mm. I was like, that's worse than Russet. Russet. <laughs> For notes,
0: I just stated that if I were Edward, I would have been really frustrated with Bella because like, he very clearly said he didn't want to hurt her after they had sex the first time. And then what does Bella try to do? Coax him into having sex again? And I was like, I don't like this. It was like making me feel angry for him. Because he's very clearly, like, even physically trying to push him off of her. And, like, she, in tears, very desperately, is, like, trying to get him to have sex with her. And eventually, he gives in. But, like, he didn't want to. Yeah. Uh, Can
1: you imagine if a guy was, like, crying in tears, begging a woman to have sex with him? I know.
0: Often, I would think of it, like, if the roles were reversed. Or, like, if it was the other way around. And I'm, like...
1: Especially because she makes such a big deal about Jacob doing kind of the same thing to her which he should because it's wrong mm-hmm. but like you can't turn around and sexually assault your husband on a regular basis now i guess mm-hmm.
0: and there's even a part where um Edward openly says that Bella assaults him um like he said something like i can't remember the line
1: you assault me again yeah yeah
0: he's like uh something about it being premeditated so that he wouldn't assault her or so that she wouldn't assault him again. Um, and I was really surprised that he, like, actually said the words. Except for the way that it was written in the book was actually supposed to be meant more as, like, a joke, I think. Which doesn't really help with the whole fact that, like, she Bella assaulted her husband. And I'm like, we're supposed to be okay with this?
1: I feel like that's such a sign of the times, too. Because in 2010, who, first off, was talking about men being able to be sexually assaulted and spouses sexually assaulting their their spouse Mm -hmm. especially a wife sexually assaulting her husband nobody would talk about that in 2010 Mm -hmm. so
0: there's a lot to unpack in this I also don't like how I don't know it didn't seem that long like he was definitely still upset that morning and then not long after he's like oh it's okay I'm like is it I don't think it is i'm like yeah you didn't bruise her but like that doesn't mean that she didn't cross the line with you i don't know i mean
1: i think we're just supposed to think that it's fine you know bella's just a girl that has needs and it's her husband so she's entitled to that Ugh.
0: i guess now we know better
1: um the only other thing i had noted down was something really small whenever they um talk about bella staying a human and they're gonna go to Dartmouth or whatever Mm -hmm. they already bought a house there Mm -hmm. like could you imagine just like having the money to just buy a house in New Hampshire just in case
0: just in case
1: I was just thinking about it like they have this entire island where do they all have houses I don't know they were like real estate is a good investment Mm -hmm. are they landlords could you imagine the Cullens being your landlord I could
0: not I also would be like the Collins wouldn't really be the type the management type though. Like I feel like they'd have to hire people to manage those properties. Yeah. Like owning the property, sure, they could do that, no problem. But managing it, I'm like, they don't they don't seem like the type of people to even have to care about that because they seemingly have so much money. It doesn't surprise me that they have a house already picked out for them to use when they go to Dartmouth. But then then again, nothing should surprise me anymore, I guess. <laughs>
1: It's just the fact that they're like real estate's a great investment what do you do with the real estate like it is a great investment mm-hmm. but like okay then what are you gonna do vampire
0: that is a good question because like who occupies these spaces or exactly. like who takes care who are the housekeepers of these yeah who are the housekeepers of these um properties if they don't all stay there often okay so now we are at our, I think, last chapter for this section. So it's Chapter Seven, which is titled "Unexpected." So Bella woke up in a hot sweat, um, wondering why she woke up really sweaty it was because Edward left to go hunting that morning. Uh, he ended up leaving her a note, basically explaining that one he went hunting and two he'd be back soon. And then, um, yeah, Bella just notices that the hot the house. Is a lot sweatier and more humid since Edward's not around, which uh, Edward acts kind of like her personal ice cube, which I guess is a I- interesting way to think about it. But anyway, hunger taking over Bella's body as well meant that she had to make herself some food. So she heads down to the kitchen and she makes herself fried chicken. She would end up taking a few bites of her fried chicken before nausea would take a hold on her. And she ended up throwing up. So she threw out the chicken. Um, would, I guess, kind of cool down by laying on the couch and then is woken up from her nap by Edward. Except for Bella quickly tries to tear Edward's arms away from her because she has to run and throw up again. And when she was done, she had explained to Edward that she thinks that she has food poisoning from the chicken. And then like an hour later, Edward makes her eggs so that she can eat in that weird period. Bella says that she feels okay um and then they're somewhere in the middle of chilling on the couch watching CNN until she attempts to kiss Edward and then realizes she has to throw up again so she runs off to the bathroom um So then Bella heads to her suitcase to find medicine for her upset stomach when she finds her birth control box instead. And so Bella begins to freak out because she couldn't remember immediately when her last period was. Edward knocks on the door asking if she's okay and Bella explains that her period was five days late which leads to her believing that she might be pregnant. On top of that, she realizes that there are a lot of signs that seem to be there for pregnancy which would be her misperiod, the weird food cravings, feeling overly emotional lately, sleeping a lot, morning sickness, and then on top of that are the dreams that she keeps having with these children. So Edward zones out after Bella tells him that she might be pregnant and then at some point was probably, um, Edward was kind of trying to figure out what he should do. It was hard for any of them to reason that Bella could be pregnant because there is just a lack of information when it comes to vampire men's fertility rates. So it was hard to be like, well, this is possible because of this, and that's possible because of that. So in the middle of all of that, Edward's phone starts ringing, and it ends up being Alice. In Edward's frozen state, though, he doesn't answer right away, so instead, Bella does. And then, greetings aside, Bella asks Alice if she can talk to Carlisle, and then they go through the whole doctor questionnaire, and as a result, Carlisle also suspects that Bella might be pregnant, too. Da-da-da! After that... Questionnaire, Edward finally snaps out of it and he asks to speak to Carlisle as well. When he gets off the phone, Edward announces to Bella that they are going to go home so that Carlisle can get a better look at Bella. And in a storm of frustration, Edward begins making arrangements for their departure, which um, it would take. A little while for it to click but then bella would soon realize that edward doesn't want this baby referring to the assumed fetus as an it and saying that carlisle was going to get it out of her the woman housekeeper suddenly appears at the house insisting on leaving food for bella and edward basically what the housekeeper was trying to do um was basically make sure that bella was still alive because she just had this really bad feeling about edward and when bella smelled the food she started to gag trying not to throw up again Which, uh, and then the housekeeper catches Bella with her hands over her stomach and kind of gets this idea that she figures Bella might be pregnant and then the housekeeper starts shouting at Edward in Portuguese um, he lets the woman approach Bella and the woman puts a hand on Bella's stomach, sighs the word morte, which means death in Portuguese and then after that exchange she leaves Bella and Edward continues to pack Bella tries to distract Edward for a few minutes while she was seemingly alone though she takes Edward's phone dials the phone for Rosalie and when Rosalie answered Bella whispers in a desperate tone that she needs Rosalie's help. and that's how this chapter ends dun, dun, dun. it is very dramatic that and um the end of this section
1: I am so irritated by the fact that they even explicitly say that Bella didn't want kids until now. And now she's just so like, this is my baby. You can't do anything. You can't get rid of it. I need to call Rosalie. Pro life. Keep my baby. And Edward's like, get this bitch an abortion. <laughs> so I hate it that they just made her entire personality. Not that she had much of one to begin <laughs> with, but like now, her, now she's just going to become like, I never wanted to be a mom and a wife, but. I'm a mom and a wife.
0: <laughs> She's suddenly Mother Goose. I think the thing that gets me is that in the beginning of this section, they talk about how immortal children are not allowed. And Bella obsesses over this story and she dreams about it a lot and it doesn't strike in Bella's mind that this baby of hers that she might have is possibly not 100% human which means that they might be immortal which means that the baby can't exist based off of the stories that she'd been told and it's just like another instance in which Bella like receives information but she doesn't fully like she doesn't fully understand the part that she needs to if that makes sense I'm like they literally put it out there that the supernatural baby isn't allowed to exist and she's like i have to protect this
1: baby i know and the baby's like growing inside of her at a super rapid rate and she's like why the hell is it growing so fast uh maybe because you just got impregnated by a vampire mm-hmm. maybe yeah. stephanie meyer claims that this isn't like a pro-life like mormon book but this is a very pro-life mormonesque book mm-hmm. like So part of the reason, like you said, that the housekeeper's so worried is because, you know, in her culture, she has a legend about the vampires as well. And Edward's like, oh, well, don't worry about that. They're just stories for entertainment. Okay, your story is (laughs) entertainment for someone. That doesn't mean it's not real.
0: The fact that he exists is proof that the stories have to be true to some extent. (laughs)
1: He's like, my white man story is true. That brown lady over there, she's crazy.
0: Uh I also try to look for the definition of the word morte, just because that's not a word that I'm familiar with. She also, Bella also was like, oh, it's because of my Spanish that I know what that word meant. She was speaking Portuguese. That's not the same as Spanish. They might have similar root words, but they aren't the same language. <laughs> I'm like, you can't assume. They might have a similar root word to like muerte, which I think means like death or the dead in Spanish. But yeah, I don't know. I I guess not related to the housekeeper. I was very surprised that they didn't have an air conditioning unit in this house. It's like really humid and hot, and Edward didn't think, well, maybe we should put an AC in there.
1: (laughs) It cracks me up how little they. Think. but that makes He's even like, less we you do that makes
0: even less sense because edward's like oh I, I i wanted to be
1: prepared
0: the only part that he got prepared for was them having sex but everything else logically like <laughs> they didn't prepare for
1: that's all they could think about the
0: only food they had were eggs and like apparently raw chicken that's all that bella ate eggs i'm like is there nothing else they could eat Also, that like he kept hinting and this might be from previous chapters that like he specifically chose a warm location because he thinks he thought it would be like the perfect environment for Bella. And I'm like, are you just saying that so that she wouldn't be frozen if she tried to put her body up next to yours? Like, I don't know. Right. Uh, So now we go into just like final thoughts and notes about the whole section in general. Unlike when we were reading The Short Second Life of Breedle Tanner. Uh, I'm back to being annoyed again. (laughs) Honestly. I am back to being annoyed again with our main characters. Yeah, I don't know. There's just like, we've already talked about the points that I'm like, I'm so frustrated by how this was played out. Yet again, Bella taking on a new form with her personality where, like you said, she's like, I don't want to be a wife. I don't want to be a mom. And then she ends this section being like, I'm a wife and a mom. And you can't take that away from me.
1: (laughs) Honestly, I was like reading some things about that. And I read this post from the Atlantic and it says, Meyer proposes that marriage and motherhood provide women with equality that they do not possess as a single woman. Motherhood provides a location not only of pleasure and satisfaction, but also power. And I feel like that's really what she's trying to say. Like, hey, being a mom's great. She doesn't need literally anything else because she's going to be a mom now. Mm -hmm. Isn't that great? Like, if she had been able to put her, like, family values, quote, unquote, aside for a second, I feel like this story could be so cool. Like, them actually going to Dartmouth and her maybe being human for a little bit longer. Like, there's other stuff you could have done. You didn't need to have this demon spawn.
0: I think that was a part that bothered me, too. Like, literally, Bella would have changed her mind if they had sex earlier. She wouldn't have been so gung-ho about wanting to be a vampire so quickly if she just had sex with Edward earlier. Like,
1: yeah, we could have, this could have been a completely different story if they
0: just had sex earlier.
1: (laughs) Yeah, then that makes me think, does she even like Edward? Or was she just horny and wanted to have sex? Because now that she's had sex, she's, like, willing to change everything.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's the part that bothered me the most when I read this section the part where you realize that we could have changed this whole storyline had Bella and Edward had sex earlier.
1: Would they even still be together though? Like is that really all she wants? Because it kind of seems like it. If she got sex from him early on she wouldn't have to worry about becoming a vampire and all this because she would have gotten what she wanted.
0: I guess so. I like got bothered by the fact that she was like oh what's being 18? What's being 19? I'm not gonna grow like crow's feet in the next year and I'm like bitch are you you me? That. you're the one who's been saying you don't want to be a year older than Edward you don't want to be two years older than Edward and suddenly now because you had sex with him you're like everything's fine I'm in bliss
1: <laughs> I've said this on another episode but I really just think that she wants to defy people like mm-hmm. no matter what she can get the best slice of cake and she's still not gonna want it if there's another piece that she can take you know Mm -hmm. like she just wants to do what people don't want her to do Mm -hmm. edward doesn't want to have sex she wants to have sex edward wants to get married she doesn't want to get married edward wants her to go to college she doesn't want to until he doesn't care then she wants to and she wants to stay human Mm -hmm. like girl it really shows what a like defiant child she is Mm -hmm. still and it's sad that she's married Pregnant and, you know, stuck in this life forever. And she's a teenager, a kid. Mm -hmm.
0: I think the culmination of all of this, and like as we analyze it together, it just makes me realize how unlikable of a character Bella is. (laughs) The more that we read, about Bella and her different personalities through the Twilight books. I don't know. It still just proves to me that, like, I guess the best version of Bella was still the Twilight one. (laughs) If I had to pick one, it was the Twilight, the first book version of Bella, which was the best. Yeah,
1: definitely. She's just a very selfish person. This is another random thing, but when they're leaving their wedding, she's, like, looking back at her parents and, like, thinking, okay, this is the last time I'm going to see my parents. Isn't this a great and hopeful picture? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean? You're never gonna see your parents again and you're happy about that? Like, that's so weird to me. She just doesn't care about anyone else. She's like, I'm about to go get dick tonight, so I literally don't care. She ties Bella's back.
0: She's like, I could die having sex tonight, but I'd be happy.
1: She literally doesn't care.
0: It really does show how like we said this before, how selfish and self-centered Bella is, which no, <laughs> I'm not rooting for her at all at this
1: point. I'm rooting for Rosalie and Rosalie only we, at this point. We
0: only love one vampire and that's Rosalie. <laughs> Okie dokie, so... The next section that we're going to be reading for our next episode, I said, would be for book two, which is, uh, I guess, Jacob's point of view. So I guess we're going to find out whatever the heck happens with that, dude.
1: My goodness. All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Any other final thoughts or notes or bits and bobs to add before we tie up this week's episode
1: i'm not looking forward to reading this jacob section but i'm doing it for you guys i'm not
0: either and to be quite honest i don't even remember what it's gonna cover
1: we're just gonna be like oh my god
0: shut up it's another episode of this being like jacob what the actual fuck (laughs) well that being said thank you for listening to this week's episode remember to tune in every other monday as we fall right back to our twilight obsession like it's 2008 again
1: you can find Call in the Shots on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and your usual podcasting platforms.
0: Come sit with us next time at lunch for more of our sparkling personalities. Bye. Bye. <laughs>